This is Pastor George Pearsons. Welcome to this edition of the Believer's Voice of Victory, this special edition called Faith for Our Nation. And we are approaching very rapidly the midterm elections we have right before us, the primary elections. And we're discussing here at the table how important it is that we vote that we vote the Word of God, that we stand on the Word of God in our nation. And I'm joined here today with Bishop Keith Butler. Welcome. I'm so glad that you joined us here. Congresswoman uh, Michelle Bachman and David Barton is with us. And we've been talking all week long on the broadcast and in between the broadcasts about <laughs> all of the issues that face us concerning these elections and how important it is, how necessary it is that we, that we vote that we have our voices heard in our nation and the responsibility that God has given us to do that. Our vote is our seed. Is that correct? Absolutely. It is our seed and oh, we sow that seed. And, yeah. and, and what we sow it towards and sow it into is what we are going to reap as an individual and as a nation. And so we've talked about a number of topics. You can go back uh, online, kcm.org, and you can watch all of the broadcasts that we've done. You can review them. You can share them. And today, let's jump in here and let's talk about the importance of the courts and judges. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bishop Butler, you have the scripture. Yeah. Uh, read that to us. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 26. And, and it says here, And I will restore thy judges as at the first, and thy counselors at, at the beginning. Afterward, thou shalt be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city, after the restoration of the judges and the counselors. Mm-hmm. See, so... The How judges, and there's is. nothing hardly more important than a judge. The politicians yeah. come and go. The good judges will be there for decades yeah. and lifetimes yeah. <laughs> in some cases. And uh, the decisions that they render, uh, an unrighteous judge is a absolute bomb. Uh, just destroys an entire nation. Well, you look, uh, it, it's interesting that that ties the righteousness of the nation or the area to the type of judges you have. Right. Mm. That if you get, if I restore your judges, then you'll have righteousness. And so righteousness is tied to the, the caliber of the judge. And I also think that's a significant passage because it starts out with Isaiah, God speaking to Isaiah. Mm -hmm. And at the point in time, Israel is not in good shape. Right. I mean, they end up with kings like Manasseh and everything under Isaiah. Sure. And it's like God and Isaiah having a conversation and, and God says, look, it's really screwed up right now, but I'm going to get it right. And the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to give you the right this kind of This is how judges. I fix it, is what it, he's saying. This is the this solution. This is how you and fix a broken because, nation. Yeah. And it's because right. a good judge proclaims the precepts of God. Ultimately, because they yeah. understand they the precepts of God yeah. and the premises yeah. of God, and that's how you get w judges uh, uh, decisions based on wisdom, judgment, yes. understanding, common sense. And we saw just recently in the presidential election, so many people voted for Donald Trump specifically because they were worried about the Supreme Court and yeah. what we were going to get. Yeah. And the blessing is that we actually got a wonderful justice in yes. Neil Gorsuch, so we got a great justice we have a lot more openings and openings happen right. every day right. so at the federal level we have to have the right president for federal judges judges that will be reflective of God's law but also at the state level some judges are elected 
Some judges right. are appointed. Mm -hmm. So now as people are coming into these primaries, you have to have the right politician, even though they come and go, yeah. because politicians may appoint mm -hmm. a godly judge That's or right. a non-godly judge. And the one thing we've seen from politicians, they tend to appoint judges that reflect their own values. Sure. Oh, absolutely. They're godly That's what they or do. -godly. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it tells you here that the judges set the course for the rest of the society. So if a judge says abortion is legal, then you have murderer kids. Amen. If a judge says abortion is illegal, you don't have that sin, and you have the consequences that are good. It doesn't get more essential than that, life and death. Exactly. Life well, yeah. and death, and we have yeah. over 60 million now that are dead because of those decisions. That's a very real consequence yes, of yes. our vote. And, and notice that it says the righteousness of a land is determined by the judges, and notice that on virtually every issue of righteousness that we fight today it came from judges, not legislatures. Mm, it is not legislators so that gave true. us abortions, judges. It's that's not legislators right. who redefined marriage, it was judges. Yes. It's not legislators who took prayer out of schools, it was judges. It's not legislators who are throwing cake bakers in jail because they won't bake cakes for homosexuals, it's judges. Yeah. And so every issue, God says righteousness exalts a nation. Well, where's righteousness come from? Right now, the righteousness issues are being decided by judges, not legislators. And that's, yes, and, yes. and that's whether or not the judge even has the power to decide on those that's issues. That's a different because issue. What we yeah. would say is that our founders were so wise. They said the lawmakers, the House and the Senate and Congress, they set the law. And we have ungodly judges that say, no, I'll Congress isn't going to set the law. I'm going to be a lawgiver. Mm -hmm. They're not a lawgiver. They're only supposed to apply the, the law and facts or the facts to the law, but they have gone beyond their jurisdiction, and that's a problem. Well, let me, let me throw in a couple other verses because with what Bishop started with, this is kind of fun. I'm reading from an old Bible from a founding father, Benjamin Rush, and I mean, mm. their print is mm. tiny, so I got to put magnifiers on. Yeah. But Psalm chapter 2, verses 10 through 12, it says, Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, S-O-N, kiss the Son, lest He be angry, and you perish from the way when His wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all those that put their trust in Him. So it's telling judges, wow. judges, listen up. Honor God, fear the Son, otherwise you're going to create wrath. Yeah. And so that's a directive to judges. You also have Second Chronicles 19, 6 and 7, where the king is talking to the judges to remember, you judge in the Lord's place. You should be rendering the same decision the Lord himself would render in that because he's the God of justice. Unless you don't believe in the Lord. And that's it. And see, that's a problem. And that's the other thing with, we were talking about judicial uh, appointments. Right now there's about 160 yeah, vacancies federal. in the federal judicial system. They've all got to be filled with someone. And Ezra 7.24 says to those that appoint judges, it says, appoint judges that fear the Lord. So the, the word to Trump and to the Senate is put judges in that are God-fearing. Because if you don't, they become legislators. They will impose their will. They will make unrighteous decisions. The nation will be judged as a result of that. Um, you mentioned that you know the Founding Fathers didn't want that. Right here, this is the Federalist Papers. The Federalist Papers is the commentary written by the Founding Fathers on the Constitution they did. And they said in here, they said, by far, the judges are the weakest of all branches, and the liberty of the people can never be endangered from them. They made sure that since they were unelected, they would not be policymakers. They actually, there is no clause in the Constitution, no subject in the Constitution repeated more often than the removal of judges. 
and there's six clauses in the Constitution on removing judges. And the Founding Fathers are very aggressive at removing judges who crossed the line and started making but policy. But no more. In modern no more. times, you do not see removal of federal judges, and yet they're more egregious in violating the Constitution <clears throat> than they've ever than been ever before. But that's why, again, George, I think this idea of people getting out on the primaries is so mm -hmm. crucial yeah. because in so yeah. many of these races, that particular district is either going to go Democrat or it's going to go Republican. Yeah. So basically the person that you're voting for is going to be the person who's ultimately going to win. They'll have to go through a second election called a general election. Mm -hmm. But this is when you can make the have mm -hmm. the biggest yeah. impact yeah. on who that person will be. And that's why you need to have, be armed with knowledge and you go to the website uh, ChristianVoterGuide.com. ChristianVoterGuide.com. I like I vote. I vote. IVoter.com or IVoterGuide.com. Okay, and, and I'm sure you'll have that up on yeah, your website we'll that, too. Yeah. But that is so important that you arm yourself with just a little bit of knowledge. Usually you can print out. Usually you can print out with a little bit of knowledge. You can print it out and you can take this into the voting booth with you or print it out and give it to your Bible study or your prayer group. Take it to church. And like David said on an earlier show, one person in one election might be the only vote that comes in or maybe no votes at all. Very, very few people vote. David said on an earlier show, maybe two to four yeah. percent. So out of a hundred people, maybe only two or four people vote. Well, if you know who godly people are who are running and you vote and you bring maybe your church in to vote, you can sweep that whole race. Oh, yeah. So this is extremely yeah. important that George is having this show today because uh, what Brother Kenneth Copeland is wanting us to do, he, he wants to make sure that the body of Christ is well informed yes. and we can bring wisdom and understanding to the table and we can have influence in our culture. Yeah. And then at that point, you know. Let's go back to the how-tos again because like where I'm from, many judges are elected, mm -hmm. okay? And so you'll, you'll have a ballot and the ballot you'll have these positions to be filled by uh, judges. These are just attorneys, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, nobody ever really knows who they are. Yeah. And so, and so yeah. people, uh, they just, you know, either skip voting it at all, yeah. okay, or they, or I heard this name somewhere, or I, or I, saw, I saw a billboard or, or a sign. Again, it, since your vote is your seed, mm -hmm. the Bible says in Genesis 8:22, as long as the earth's here, the earth's still here. Mm -hmm. Seed time and harvest shall not cease. You harvest what you plant. Mm -hmm. So. You are going to have to, before you go to the booth on that Tuesday, whatever day it is in your state, you're going to have to find out who's running, at least place a phone call, get some literature, find out, ask the basic questions we've been talking about all week, and find out who this is. Because a judge is serious business. Mm -hmm. We always say, never mess with somebody with a black robe. Yeah. That's where I come from. Mm. That's it. <laughs> Messing mm. with someone in a black robe is dangerous, dude. Yeah. You want to find out who this is, okay, and, and what they believe because they are going to impact you. There's no doubt about it. And judges are determining at every level uh, what America has become. More than anything else, I think the judges are the reason why America, on the negative side, is what it is today. You know, judges are so important, but they're considered in most elections a down-ballot race. 
they're not a glamour race. They're, they're exactly. not the governor, the center, yeah. which means yeah. they will return your phone call when you call them. You can call the governor, you're not going to call back. You call a judge that's running for office to sure. say, I want to talk to you. Sure. And, you know, we talked on the first program of the first dividing issue. We've gone through issues every day. The first mm -hmm. one was the issue of life. Yes. Because that tells you a worldview. Are they with God or against God? Yeah. You call that judge up and say, do you think Roe v. Wade should be overturned? Oh, no, I think that's good law. Okay, then I don't want to vote for you because you think killing 60 million unborn kids is a good thing. Yeah. So you can call, as Bishop back said, to the basics. You, you, get, yeah. you get back and you talk to these guys. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people will not have voters' guides. And, and by the way, judges say, well, I can't tell you what I think about an issue because I might have to rule it. No, we've had two Supreme Court cases where the Supreme Court says judges can tell you what they think about any issue. They can't hide behind judicial neutrality. We, that's, that's over and done with. So it's really easy. And Bishop, you said you may have to put a little time and find out who these guys are. Find out. But judges really in more ways are more important than your state legislators. Absolutely. They, I no mean, the state legislators can pass a good pro-life law and a judge can strike it down. Now, they're not supposed to be able to do that, do but in this culture, they do it all the time. The judge can yeah. tell the school board that you cannot uh, uh, advocate these, these positions, Yeah. Okay, uh, pro-life or against life or whatever, but judges, because stuff keeps coming to trial. Yeah. And we are, I have to tell this lawyer here, that we are the most litigious society on earth. Yeah. Okay, so judges are deciding everything, smallest thing to the largest thing. So yeah. clearly you want your seed to be a harvest of a judge that's going to bring righteousness. And if God says, God says to Israel, I'm going to restore your broken society, because that's what happened to them. I'm going to restore your brokenness to society, society now with murder and rape and all this sort of, sort of stuff was happening to Israel. Okay, and judgment had come to Israel, and God said, I'm going to restore it, I'm going to start with judges. Yeah. What yeah. is, what is well, and think, think about yeah. what one good judge can do. We've oh, talked yeah. about the negative, but think about a Scalia, one good judge who set the standard on so many things and his dissent, he would disagree with the majority. His dissent sometimes would have a huge impact on the legal community mm -hmm. and on legislators mm -hmm. who would read his dissent and take action accordingly. Yeah. It is amazing how one person, you talked about setting the bar, can set the bar mm -hmm. and raise the bar. One person can do that, and that's really Moses. Moses set a standard, a bar that all men could repair to. And that's something I think that we just cannot underscore enough is that one righteous judge in a state, in a locality, can no, make right. a huge difference for your state. And I've got to say what's happening right now, because with the president nominating for these 160 bus, I clearly am in a position of being on God's side. And, and therefore, there's many issues in the culture I would be on the other side of. And so I get all courts labels and that's fine. But I like being on God's side. And a lot of these federal judges that have been appointed are guys that I work with in court cases who take the same position. And so it's like, I feel like I almost chose these guys. It's like me putting them in office. And, you know, of course, if yeah. I did that, you know where everybody would, would be on the, on the left side of things. But we're getting really good God-fearing guys yeah. in there who understand we're not legislators. We don't make the laws. We simply uphold them. And by the way, there is a set of standards we're supposed mm -hmm. to uphold, God's mm -hmm. standards. And so we have the potential of really seeing something good happen with this. 
And that's where in this election, you start looking at who your U.S. senators are. Yeah. Because the U.S. senators are the ones who will confirm or reject these guys mm -hmm. off the court. We can nominate good guys, but it's the Senate that's mm -hmm. going to vote them in or out. And, and so you, you start looking at your senators and say, okay, if I've got a senator who's pro-abortion, he ain't going to be voting for pro-life judges, you know, guys that will honor God's... God's and, and so... Because the pro-abortion community puts the pressure on that senator... Oh, that's right. ...and tells them you can't vote for a pro-life uh, judge. So it's really, really important that they take that and into consideration. And so asking senators... Or you don't even have to ask. You can go to the website. Senators will tell you where they are on the life mm -hmm. issue, and they will tell you where they are on judicial issues. If you ever see the phrase that we have a living constitution, you run, run. from it. Run. That's like yeah. a, a Bible written in invisible ink. Yeah. You know, it, it's whatever I want it to be. Yeah, updated it to the newest. That's right. The newest standards. It's not a biblical to the standard. So standard. Those are things to look for in a U.S. Senate race because they all relate to judges, and so you want the right kind of judges. Otherwise, we don't get righteousness back in the land. I think we're starting to find out that their vote has uh, devastating consequences. Good. Or bad. or bad. You're right, Bishop. And the wonder yeah. it brings such a harvest to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, John Jay, the quote, Providence has given to our people the choice of their rulers, and it is the duty as well as the privilege and interest of our Christian nation to select and prefer Christians for their rulers. And let's be real clear. John Jay was the Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. So that's a judge telling us that. And by the way, yeah. can I also point out that John Jay was also the president of the American Bible Society? So kind of nice to have a Supreme Court justice who's yeah. also running a Bible society yeah. on the largest distribu distributor of Bibles in the world. That's the kind of judges you want. And, and when yes. you get those kind of judges, it makes such a difference. But that's a great quote from John Jay. And by the way, he's one of the three guys who authored this book, this commentary on the Constitution, is Chief Justice John Jay. My, my, my. In the in a brief few moments that we have left together, uh, we've covered a lot of territory. And these, these times that we've had together have been so enriching because I believe that there are so many of us out there who are unaware of, of these kinds of issues and things. And so many people are staying home from voting because they, number one, they don't have a revelation of how important it is. And number two, they don't even understand the, the impact of their vote and, and what George, they have George, if I could just offer. say, yeah. this is probably the most efficient use of anyone's time who's watching this show. Because there's, you can't just vote every, any day you want to vote. There's only one day when you get a chance to go and vote, and now it's upon you. Yeah. And it is the yeah. vote that's the most crucial, which is the primary. You get to be the winnowing down of the exact right candidate to represent you. It's your voice. That's all voting is. You're voting somebody with your voice, your yeah. values. Right. So this is the most efficient use of your time to figure out who are these godly people that, have, that affect right judges or yeah. the right economy or biblical morality? You figure that out. You share that information with people in your church and your friends. And very efficiently, you have the biggest impact <laughs> you on really your do. society that you you're really going to have maybe in the next two years, certainly in the next four years. And so this is it. I mean, this is your time. Yep. And we have ways to get you up to speed. And so just go vote. And then I think it That's makes good. you feel That's like good. you understand you did all. Because yep. remember what Martin Luther said, having done all, 
I stand. And that's scripture. Yes. Having done all, I stand. And this is now the time when biblically we can do all and then stand before the Lord and say, Father, I tried to serve you in my vote. You know, the opportunity that I take, as I shared earlier this week, about going in to the voting booth and using that as a time to worship the Lord and to, to give my vote. And you know, you talked about after you voted, you walk out of there. there the, I, I sense an appreciation from the Father. Amen. Amen. I sense that thank you for doing it. There, it. There's an absolute refreshing when I come out, and sometimes I come out of those times when we voted for school board members and so forth, I'm the only one there. Amen. And I it's walk stewardship. out. It is godly stewardship. It is stewardship. Amen. And how, how valuable that is Amen. to the Lord to know that we've taken our authority. Not only taken our authority in the word, but we've taken our authority in our vote. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this precious time together. And we pray over our nation today and thank you. People are waking up. They're waking up to Jesus. They're waking up to the authority that they've been given. And they're waking up the, to the fact that they have a right and a voice to be able to change what is around us. Father, we thank you for godly judges. We thank you for Christian judges. We thank you that this whole thing is changing and it is turning around because there is a great, the greatest awakening that we've ever seen in the history of our nation. It is upon us now and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'll be right back. The local church has the power to influence the nation and international nations. The Christian needs to understand that the community needs us. And we might not know how to do it, but we just have to say, Lord, whatever it takes, whatever you want me to do, I will be available. Then God will make a way. But you, you have to, one of my things that I wrestled with is I was a pastor. I'd pastored all these years. I had learned how to minister to people and to reach out to people in a ministerial way, but I hadn't learned how to reach out to my community and make a difference in my community. And through that life experience of doing it one step at a time, I began to see the important role that the church should have in the community as well as the Christian individual. And now that's what I do. I share with people the importance of doing that, but more importantly, how to do that. God didn't design this country to be run from the top down. God designed this country to be run by the bottom up, we the people. We're a light. And when we bring it out from under the bushel, I like to say it this way, the bushel is our church walls. The bushel that we've been hiding our light under is, is behind the, our, our stained glass buildings and say this is where God can operate. But really where God wants to operate is He wants the influence of the light of God in us to, to move outside of those walls to begin to bring light into a dark community to change our communities. The problem, you know, we have problems with drugs. We have problems with crime. We have problems with, with poverty. We have those problems in every community. But the answer to those problems is the Christian. But it's not just praying, it's getting involved because God will give you ideas on how to change your community to, make, to allow it to become prosperous. How to, how to, God can use you to, to reduce crime by helping out and being involved in the community to help reduce crime or to deal with the things that are happening in your community or in your school board. The problem is, is that we do not have the Christian involvement that we need. 
the most minor thing you can do is vote. I mean, not, I'm not saying most minor, but it's the easiest thing you can do. But if Christians don't believe that God wants to use that as a witness, they don't follow through on it. See, God, that is your way when you vote. That is God's way of you being a witness to the community of what you stand for. So when you vote, you vote based upon what your belief system is, and that is a way of your witness being an influence to your community, and that means local, state, and federal. Sometimes we think that if we just vote in the national elections, that that settles everything. Mm -mm. The church was established, and God established the church in every community so that that church would be a light to that community and that God's blessing would be on every community. Pastors have to begin to see themselves beyond just pastoring their congregation, but begin to see themselves as pastoring a community, being an influence. Sure, they might not come to you as counselor. Sure, they might not come to you as an attendee, the people in your community, but you can still go outside of your four walls and bring the influence that God has within you into that community to make that community better. I had one person say this statement, say, well, you know, I don't know uh, what to do. I didn't either. I said, God, I'm just available. And when you say yourself available, then God will give you a place that he can use you. But unless you realize that God can use you in those areas, and we're not in the church, in the church we're not teaching our kids. We're not teaching our youth. We're not teaching our adults how to be involved at this grassroots level. We will never see the results in our communities like we should. There's no excuse for us not to be involved. We just need to learn that it is God's will for us to be involved. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, Jesus is Lord.